No, we didn't leave you. We're back. It's iZombie Radio. We took a little bit of a hiatus there. Um, I, myself, I'm Chris King, by the way. Uh, I was on vacation. Then with the July 4th holiday, uh, we wanted the gang to back together. Um, but we're here now. I'm with my good friends, Blaze Hopkins and Sean Carpenter. And we're ready to break down the two most recent episodes, episodes 8 and episodes 9 of iZombie's final season. Before we get into that, I want to check in with my friends. Blaze, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling. Um, you got back from vacation. I left for vacation, but we're back. We're here, and we're uh, we're ready. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, I was sir. trying to think of like a good rhyme, but I couldn't. We're we're here, and uh, I don't. Yeah, no. I don't know either. I'm 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 lost for for rhymes. But uh, you were in Nashville, which is really cool. Yee doggy. Once you finally got off the off the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Hashtag this this podcast is sponsored by American Airlines. Um. <laughs> oh boy. Oh God. No, it's no, it's not. <laughs> Get them as far away from this podcast as humanly possible. Oh man. Uh, well, and then Sean, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I know you just got off. You were just telling us you just got off work, had some had some weirdos uh, at work today. Any any stories you sh- care to care to tell with the listeners? Um, probably not because they'd be way too lengthy uh, <laughs> with the amount of shenanigans that have ensued today. But you know. I, I think I'm due for a vacation soon. I just don't have the vacation hours to use yet. Mm-hmm. So I've just been working nonstop. Ah. That that is definitely that is definitely the sound of a man who needs a vacation. Well, I hope you maybe can do a day trip or, or something, or maybe I don't know. I don't think there's any more long weekends coming up until Labor Day, but uh, not unless I force a long weekend. Very true. Very true. And with my job, I have to. <laughs> I, I think I've got the black people. lung, Pop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's my man. My man. Um. And that's gonna be confusing to anyone who hasn't seen Zoolander. But if you haven't, come on, guys, get on it. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been doing well since getting back. I was I was on a cruise with the family. Uh, it was mostly good, minus the cramped room and my dad snoring um because he didn't bring a sleep apnea machine so thanks dad uh so but no it was, it was a good time and uh fourth of july was good just kicked kicked back and relaxed and uh i was nice too because it gave me a little bit of time when i got back here to catch up on these two episodes because i couldn't really watch uh watch them when i was on um when i was on vacation because despite the fact that carnival said we had good wi-fi we did not uh <laughs> and uh and uh, yeah, but let's uh, let's get into it then. We're gonna start with um, episode eight, which is death of a car salesman. Um, you know what? I think just because these episodes, I'm gonna do a just a what's it called? Uh, I'm gonna call an audible here, guys. I think just because these episodes, we have two episodes to talk about. They both share a lot of commonalities. Do you want to got just do a, like a free discussion about about both of them together? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I figure because like especially with the Liv and Martin stuff, um, I think it really it's important. I think there's enough connect connective tissue there there to really dive into it. 
Um, yeah, so episode eight is Death of a Car Salesman. Episode nine is The Fresh Princess. Uh, you know, I zombie killing it with the titles as always. Um, so episode eight, uh, you know, both Ravi and Liv eat the brain of a car salesman, Rick Randall. There's the they have this competition about selling the raffle tickets, which is, provides a lot of good humor throughout the episode. Um, but the main plot things that really happen are High Zombie premieres, and there's some reaction from that. Peyton seems pleased. Um, and then one of the, you know, Liv is trying to reconnect with her father, you know, Martin uh, Richardson, who we have just, you know, we just found out is also Beanpole Bob, the guy who created Utopium. Uh, and, you know, there's a struggle here where she kind of notices that he is, um, you know, that he has the signs of an addict and, uh, you know, kind of calls him out on it and at first, like, kind of wants him out of her life, but then by the end is is kind of pulled back into trying to help him because that's that's who Liv is. Uh, and then another major thing I want to talk about is the um, fact that we have General Mills and um, a bunch of the... Uh, a bunch of the other uh like officials from washington there's a senator and i, I don't have all their names uh listed down coming to um see, uh coming to seattle meeting with uh peyton and major um and the major tries to to pitch them on the, the zombie island idea which i know we'll get into but also i think the other important thing is that uh you know with martin's whole plan to kind of create the zombie race make it the more superior race uh they blackmailed this doctor into scratching a few of the officials and sending them back over the lines new over new seattle lines into dc um so we don't know exactly the extent of that plan yet uh but that there was a lot going on there obviously episode nine had a lot of dolly durkin stuff as well but first uh blaze i'll start with you what like what what stood out to you most about these two episodes? Was it the was it the Martin uh, live relationship? Seeing how that di- dynamic kind of I think is a little more complicated than what we thought because it seems like he's really starting to care for her, um, uh, but rather than just be using her, is it the you know major trying to essentially keep New Seattle not getting nuked with meeting with General Mills? And then, I mean, he has to make that huge decision at the end with Sloan at the end of episode nine when they get um, released from the porta potties and, and start feeding on people. Uh, which which of the aspects of these two episodes really stood out to you the most? Which one do you want to dive into? Ooh, so um, uh, this is tough. I guess the Martin stuff. Um, my thoughts about that sort of tie more into Liv's entire family dynamic, so I don't know if we want to dive completely into that. I'd also be happy to touch on Major's things. I think both were very interesting, and uh, they are very pivotal moments, but um, I'm we're going to start with Major. Sounds good. Sounds so, good. Feel free to dive in with Liv as well if you want to. I, I'm Again, that's why I want to do this free discussion. I think whatever interests us most... Sure. Just like again, there's just like this whole season. There's been a lot going on, and and uh, you know, and we want to talk about the the media stuff. Uh, but yeah, let's let's dive in with well, Major. So Major, I thought that um, I really liked everything he did for the most part. Um, I thought that he pretty much handled the government officials the best way that he could. Um, even you know, just 
keeping his cheeky smile on when um, the one guy who gets scratched again, I don't, I forget their names too, whose daughter um, obviously ties in later, but um, you know, that guy, how he's immediately just kind of being a jerk to major and like has zero intention of agreeing with major's plans or pushing anything through because major failed to like get his daughter there or whatever and how major just you know i think he's fought enough of these battles where he recognizes when there's no use for a fight and when you know this guy's just one of however many in that room so he doesn't represent the entire vote um obviously this guy the general who i again i forget his title but Obviously, that guy pulls a lot of weight, but um, but I just thought Major, he's he is in the center of arguably, like, the biggest crisis out of all the characters, just in terms of, like, the entire zombie race. Um, the future of the zombie race is resting on his shoulders, and with this looming nuke and everything. So, I thought that those meetings and his you know, bringing up the zombie island and everything was smart, or at least buys them time. Um, even if the island works out and is just a temporary thing, then it at least, you know, it, again, it gives them more room to breathe for a little bit longer. Um, and maybe the government and the world and stuff becomes more willing to like send brains because they can just ship them and drop them off literally like airdrop them in do whatever um so i like that he is we're seeing him do everything he can and um and i thought uh, the biggest moment was that that ending scene for him because we obviously see him decide to kill the um romero zombies mm-hmm. yes, and, her boyfriend mm-hmm. and that's obviously a huge choice, but I actually think it is the right choice because we know Major to be this military man, and I think that I think that he made the decision that Dolly wasn't expecting because I think that while um, her releasing of those Romeros will obviously instill fear and, in people and just give her more... Um, allow her to be more vocal on her platform. I think Major's decision was the right one because he's showing that he, he for once proves that they care about the humans and that he truly is for peace. Like in that situation, he put humans above his own kind. So anybody that would ever doubt this guy or was, you know, your, your, um, dead ender type, they personally have nothing to say anymore because Major was willing to, kill his own kind um that he of which he knows can be saved if they are fed enough but he made the split decision to save the greater good basically so i really liked his general plot line throughout this episode i thought that it showed how he is managing the middle ground and kind of appealing to both of these sides as well as he can and um you know we've seen him we know that in these times of crisis, um, he's had to have been harsh in the past and we've seen major, uh, we know how much he obviously cares about the zombie race and he recognizes them as no different than any other person and wants to fight for that and the, and equal rights basically and everything. Um, and, and I thought that though, 
this was a, a big turning point because while we know it was not easy for him, um, it was the right decision. And I think it just shows that despite the outside forces of Dolly and sort of brewing with Martin and everything, um, that Major is keeping his head on right. And we saw him kind of act out in the earlier couple of episodes and talk to Peyton about how he was stressed and stuff. Um, but I like that he's dialing in at this point. And, you know, Hero Major is the best major. So I'm happy that as we approach this finale, he's making the quick decisions and he's making the right quick decisions just with Justin to this and whatever comes in the future. No, definitely. I, I really, And I really like what you said there about Major kind of like he wants this equality if it's possible. Um, and I think he still thinks it's possible between zombies and humans. Um, but that it, it comes with a lot of difficult choices. It comes with, you know, potentially compromising. I mean, I think he's essentially el- eliminating any type of empathy that General Mills is going to have for them by by killing his daughter there. I mean, there's zero. I mean, there's a chance maybe that Sloan can turn back, but she's so far gone at that point, And she's. You know, cracked open a human skull and she's eating yeah. the brain. He just knows he has to do it. Um, I mean, I think it, that if you, I think like, yeah, I, I agree. But I think at the same time, if he were to liken that scenario to General Mills in, you know, basically in the same type of way, but with humans um, and basically ask him, like, what would you have done? You know that that guy would have made this as a, another a military man to a military man and also like the person not being his daughter like in the moment absolutely he would have done the same thing yeah i mean i think he would i think he has those harsh words for major um early on in uh episode eight when um i think it, he, he says something along the lines of like why are we or no that's another person who says why are we like protecting the dead but you know that they couldn't even produce his daughter and that he says that he's looking forward to walking through like the rubble of new seattle um the other thing oh go ahead the other thing is i just feel like i feel like from that point on it was clear that he was never going to win this guy over so it's like it's it's kind of like screw it like he's making the decision for the greater good and like you know that guy has been so unwilling to budge and he, you know, Major tried obviously with the daughter, and it didn't work out. But what else? He can't favor. He can't start playing favorites. Well, no, he can't, and and that's what's interesting. And Sean, this is what I wanted to, to ask you about because again, like he's Major's trying to balance this. Um, we have that. Uh, it's in this idea of him trying to balance the humans with the zombies. Isn't is a really? Uh, it's really mirrored in the conversation that Liv has with Martin later on in episode nine, where. You know, when when she says about, you know, what I love about these two episodes is is it captures this idea of Liv wanting to do the best for everyone and wanting to help everyone as much as she can, which is, I think, something that Major also wants to do, you know, whether you're zombie, human, what have you. But Martin brings this up, like, when the time comes to choose this, you know, to choose a side, like, please let, like, let me protect you. And she's still adamant that, like, I'm hoping that day is never going to come. But do you think, I mean, we have four episodes left this season. 
it's got it's got to come and and what do you think i mean do you think major and live are gonna you know potent, are they gonna be on the same side are they gonna be on their own island while you have people like dolly durkins on the one side and martin on the other side are, are they are major and live gonna somehow find themselves on opposite sides totally how how do you think you know our two probably i would say our two protagonists really of this conflict are, are gonna be able to um to respond when this when this kind of reckoning, uh, you know, comes about, which I, it's hap- I, it's got to be happening soon, given what just occurred, uh, you know, with Sloan and her boyfriend, and also what we know that what Martin has up his sleeve. Yeah, I definitely see the shoe dropping in terms of Martin is going to be found out by Liv. I don't think Liv and Major would be on opposite sides. It just doesn't seem right with how they're being portrayed at this point because they basically are two different sides of the same coin fighting for basically the same thing a certain harmonious relationship between humans and zombies and it also does definitely it is definitely hinting towards them kind of being in their own little island like each of them dealing with their own thing so major dealing with the dead enders chicks and dolly durkins while Liv would probably have to deal with martin's crew of romero's and i there's i don't really have a a neat a team name to call them right now unfortunately because we haven't been given anything but oh bob's bean poles anyway <laughs> Okay. The beanpole no. baddies. The beanpole baddies. Oh, there no. you go. Hey. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, evil organizations and alliterations. Why not? Why not? We've, um, got, we've gotten Fillmore Graves on this show. We've gotten General Mills. I mean, we we gotta we gotta step it up. You know, we gotta we gotta reach high zombies levels of uh, of cheese with those names. <laughs> yeah. I see, I see. But, yeah, definitely it's either going to be them fighting together, like Liv and Major and their sort of groups fighting together or each one fighting their own battle essentially for the same reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Like an army split in two fighting on two different fronts so to speak. Um because even though Liv has just basically found her dad, if she finds out that he's the mastermind behind everything, then she's going to... She's probably going to lose it. Because it it just... Based on who Liv is as a person, I don't think she would tolerate that. Like, you turned all these people into zombies... And yet you're not you're not doing anything to fix it. You're just making the problem worse, so to speak. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting to see how and when she finds out because obviously the end of the episode ends on the cliffhanger of of Ravi and Liv uh me, of Ravi and Peyton. Uh discovering that Beanpole Bob, the creator of Utopium, the father of Utopium, whatever they call him 
is Liv's father. You know, they they find the that da out. The Da Vinci yeah. of Utopium. The what? <laughs> the, the Da Vinci of Utopium. Oh, it's the Da Vinci? Ah, damn, I didn't have that one in my notes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he... And so you you would think that when if they're just finding out, you know, that it's only going to take a matter of time. Like, their, their next stop is probably to tell Liv. I would think. But then... I, I don't know. I mean, but does, but do we, I mean, do we think that Liv has any type of like, do we think that she distrusts them, them in any way? Like, do you think that does she, or, do, you know, does she get pulled in emotionally with Martin? Does Martin, who seems to be more affectionate towards Liv than maybe we're expecting, you know, with him watching that video of her saving everyone, does he potentially somehow turn? Like, that's what I'm really, because because I'm really curious. I, I I feel like it can't just be black and white, because one that's not eye zombie style, and and two I feel like the writers aren't putting in all these moments of of conflict unless something like that's gonna happen. Um, so so that's what I think lives conflict. I think interests me even more than than majors because she has that emotional component to it, whereas major is just. Yeah. Like, Major's just screwed no matter what he does, I feel like, you know? Basically, um, what could theoretically happen is Martin has a change of heart, but because things are set in motion and gone too far, his sort of cronies will still be set loose. And now he's turned to the other side, but now fighting against what he's created. So I think that he, just to jump in on this, I think that he will turn because of seeing Liv, seeing the rest of their family and everything and kind of realizing what he missed out on and how great she is. Um, I think it will change his view, just trying to see everything she's done and probably knowing everything that Renegade has done. And um, what I think, and I think it will I'm hoping that Ravi and Peyton tell her immediately just because the show is way too far in to have any of that additional BS. Um, like they need to just be upfront with her, especially because they know both sides. Like it's, there's no mystery behind like, why is Liv with that guy? Like, no, everybody knows this is her dad who she just reconnected with. So, uh, I think that it will be an interesting conflict. I think she will, I think all of them will be willing to do, you know, as thorough investigation as possible before acting irrationally or like finally kind of confronting Martin about it. I think he'll turn. I think Blaine steps in. There's just Blaine is our villain. We have talked about this. And right now Blaine is at like theoretically his lowest point with nothing to do. And that guy his whole story has been about snaking his way through life. So I feel like it would be the perfect scenario where it would feel if they handle it correctly and everything, it would, um, it would feel logical for Martin to have a, a change of heart potentially, or be willing to, or have reason to be, um, to change his viewpoint. But somebody we know whose viewpoint won't change because they're only thinking about themselves and how they can get back into a position of power would be Blaine to jump in, take over this zombie army and these Fillmore Graves soldiers who 
are already set in their ways but still need a leader to call the shots that's an interesting uh, that is an interesting point i think i want to i, could... I, I want to talk more about blaine but i want to put a pin in it just for a second because what i really liked what you said blaze was about martin seeing everything that lives done right like through renegade and other stuff what do you real quick just because i want to i want to just keep the focus just on living her family for a little bit longer what and blaze you kind of hinted at this at the start of the episode when i asked you but what did you think of how uh how things went down with evan and Liv and and their mom did you like that storyline right. you think yeah yeah go, go language ahead. alert fuck that i do not like that how does this mom how does this mom seriously have the just the guts to cut her daughter out of her life and just be such an a-hole this entire show and then finally she needs something and she takes advantage of Liv's kind-heartedness knowing that she's tried to make it like that Liv has tried to patch that wound in the past especially now that she can be open and honest about her decision making back when that all happened and the logic behind it. And now it's like, oh, well, we're willing to come and see you and talk to you and like forgive you because we need this from you. I actually am like super frustrated by that. I uh, and I know I'm fine with her helping them, especially because it is specifically her brother who needs help and we know how much she cares about him and we know that she has not interacted with him especially because we for like we don't have enough information necessarily to know truthfully how um is it evan or am i just yeah yeah, okay. yeah it's evan <laughs> like we we don't have an, enough information like the mom has always said like he has no interest in seeing you or like he doesn't care. But that to me is like, you know, that could just be the mom's bitterness being like so hateful of her daughter that she just doesn't think that Liv even has the right to have that chance to like reconnect with her brother. So I'm okay with that. But the mom just really frustrates me. Like I was very angry during that whole sequence. And again, like, I am happy that, like, it would not be in Liv's character to react or do anything differently story-wise, but I don't know. I just, like, it really pisses me off that it's, like, the the few scenes over these last seasons that we have gotten, this woman has been so cold and she has been so stuck in her ways against Liv, um... And then the fact that, and then the fact that she even had like the anger to like call Liv out for seeking out Martin and everything, and she's like, "How dare you!" Like after what I told you about him, and it's like, "Screw you." Okay, I agree. I agree with your, you know, with your evaluation of Liv's mom, but I think also it it just shows again just how good live is as she's like a counterpoint sure, no. to it you know oh yeah yeah but 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 hold on what but i i really liked so and the thing i really liked about it was again like well and that the mom still is so stuck in her ways that she won't accept like that that um that she won't accept live the even the idea of live scratching evan yeah. right because like 
he won't be Evan anymore. And that tells you all right there that no matter what she views... Dolly Jr. Well, not to... You're not totally wrong, though, that, like, even when she says to live about, like, you know, oh, like, what you're doing for your father, it, it's, like, it's, like, it's really wonderful. It's very, like, it's very you. Like, I forget exact words she uses. But that she still has this, like, lesser view of Liv because she's a zombie. And I just think... I, I actually actually really like the fact that the iZombie writers didn't try to, you know, that they made everything about what Liv's mom wanted selfish and that they didn't try to force this reconciliation. Because I wouldn't buy that that woman would, you know, kind of see the error of her ways, you know? Um, and that's kind of why I liked it. And it's, again, Liv rising above it, Liv being the person we know and trying to help someone, especially in this case, it's her brother, but we know she would try to help someone no matter what. Um, I have... I, I, I know you have more to say. I want to get Sean in on it. Real I have, quick. yeah, no, it's fine. I have a theory oh. that I will touch on after Sean. Okay, a film theory. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong show, wrong show. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Sorry, I spaced out. Liv, Liv's mom. And and that whole sequence with her, you know, the whole storyline with her, Evan, Liv, Liv deciding to, you know, Liv's mom seeking out the help, Liv deciding to help them. Liz was complaining about how much of a, uh, yeah, essentially how much of a hypocrite and and, uh, and just kind of awful person Liv's mom was and that she didn't deserve it. But I was saying that as a counter, it shows how, how great of a person Liv is. Um, and that... yeah. Yeah, and that I thought it was a good decision to not try to force a reconciliation. Yeah, it definitely... As someone who comes from, like, a divorced-slash-split family, it it definitely felt a little better that it wasn't a forced reconciliation. Um, her mom's the worst. We know this. Um, and this is a, I totally, it's still weird to me that now was the time they decided to bring her back into the show with like the last couple of episodes. Like we have had, who knows how much, like the exact amount of episodes between the last time we saw her mom and Evan till now. And there were moments where it's like, huh, I wonder what they're up to. And here we are. It's just another way to write write these, like, tie up this loose end, write them off the show, send them off where they are next. Um, it sucks that Evan's going through what he's going through, but... But I also, think it's, I also think it's really important, though, that Liv does get some type of closure with them for her story yeah. on the show, you know? Like, I think sure. that's why... That, I think that's why they're coming in, because... We know that even if Martin changes his mind, right, and at the last second and tries to work with Liv, that she's looking at this as basically like, wow, I got I ended up with kind of two crap relationships with my parents, like two kind of crappy, complicated, really messy things, you know, but but it goes back to I think what we've always said too with the show is that it's a it's this idea of found family, of friends as family as well. Like she has Major, she has Ravi, she has Peyton. I but I but I do think that like 
in in the in the final season of a show, it's important to kind of go back to the past and go back to its roots, and and you don't get much more past than your family, you know. In Liv's case, especially since we hadn't seen them since the beginning of season two, um, so I, I get what you're saying though. Like we could have done something with this storyline before, but she also wasn't fully renegade until now. So she, I mean, she was for a portion of last season, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, but we had all of last season where Seattle was locked down as zombies. So with like the whole zombie stuff and it would have been nice if the, her mom reached out and went like, Hey, I'm sorry for overreacting. I didn't realize that you were one of those who became a zombie and leave it at that. Even just that would have been enough for me. Having her her mom recognize, oh, you're in this really awful situation. Let me make sure you're okay. Because you're my kid. Yeah, but I don't think that's true to her mom's character. No, no, it... it this having seen like how her mom had acted in this episode reaffirms that because I had completely forgotten how like just how awful she was um, because I thought oh maybe there could be some redemptive whatchamacallits for her no no she's just awful <laughs> yeah I mean if you, if you go back to season one of the show she's very much like Liv, why are you deviating from our plan? Blah, blah, blah. Like, she's very type A, um, which which is how Liv used to be. Um, but that's not that's not the Liv anymore, obviously, after four to five seasons of character development. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... among other things, you know. Very true, very true. Um, but yeah, Blaze, real quick, let's... Uh, I know we wanted to touch on Blaine and some other stuff. I want to quickly get your theory about this. Okay, so... Um, what if, do you think, so obviously, um, Liv is going to help her brother, right? Get him out, get him the help he needs. Does Martin's secret agent scratch him? Well, I don't, I don't think they're with, I think by the episode's end though, she set him up with a different person. I don't think it was with, um... Oh, did she? I didn't know. I, sorry. I apologize if I'm forgetting like instances in the show. I don't. I didn't remember her um, connecting him with a like a coyote or something. Yeah, she sets him up with a coyote, um, and because the mom goes with him, I don't believe it's. I don't think it was a female one, so I don't okay. think it's Martin's. I thought um, just because of how like he was like it's one scratch, and then kind of hearing like the mom how like anti-zombie she is i thought that would be a pretty like evil move by him that would feel appropriate if like he had his uh person like intercept them or whatever or whatever's going on with his secret coyote and like scratch the sun just as like a a weird like power move slash like zombies are the best you know like the master race basically um that was my thing is is that i mean now we have, I mean, that doctor yeah. is in Virginia. He's scratched the politicians. 
So, like, we have no idea. Is this just to enact policy? Or is this literally to cause a zombie outbreak worldwide? Yeah. So, like, there's still a chance that Evan... My thought was even, he... Even his mom could get infected. But I feel like just because he... Martin holds all the cards right now, outside of, like, Robbie and Peyton knowing putting the um, puzzle pieces together but at least for like the family dynamic he sort of no he sort of has the full view right now so i was like oh that would be like a very dastardly thing for him to do you know like knowing what he's really up to and taking advantage of the family getting back at the mom in a way also feeling probably um self-righteous about it because he'd be saving his son whether and it'd probably be the viewpoint of like you'll thank me later like you just you don't realize what I've done for you yet. Um, but I thought that would be interesting. I thought it would, cause I, I don't, I definitely agree with you, Chris. Like I don't hate the family dynamic, um, and how they have brought it back. Um, especially with how I feel the season has been playing out and everything. I'm like pretty satisfied with it. Um, and like you said, getting that closure, I mean, how many people online, Every season, it's like where it lives family, lives family, lives family, and like at the we've grown to love all of, and know all of these characters. But yeah, at the end of the day, like she is our main character, and this was a thing. So uh, I don't mind the closure. I actually I have enjoyed the handling of Martin's character, especially um, and what he, whatever he's doing, basically whatever his master plan is, and especially now that he's connected with Liv. Uh, so I think it could go a lot of different ways, but yeah, I just thought that would be like a super evil move that I could see him pulling. Um, so, but yeah, no, I just, yeah. I think it's interesting. I do wonder if he did do something like that though. I feel like there's no turning back at that point. I feel like yes, that that's my only flaws. Like we <laughs> talked lived. about him like coming over at the last second, mm-hmm. you know, or changing his viewpoint. But yeah, that's the only thing with that is like you do that and you're, he's locked in obviously. Well, one guy who is locked in, as you brought up, um, is Blaine. And I know you said about him potentially becoming the main villain. I mean, he's still doing the Freilich brain stuff. Like, he has to pay the guys, I think, like $10,000 more just yeah. to, to go after them. And But the one thing, I, I, and I and Sean, I'll, I want to start with you with this first. Because his, his one cash cow Freilich brain is Darcy. But she's been, like, she's with Donnie now, and we know that zombieism is, like, passed through through saliva and other things. And, like, we see them full-on making out, if not doing more. So my question is, how the hell is her brain going to be, like, uh, I'm really, like, how is it going to be worth anything? Like, is it still okay, even if it's a zombie brain? Like, what? She's dead, so I, I'm very, Ooh. that's the one storyline. And, and is that going to... If if Donnie has now compromised this for Blaine, is that going to lead them to, uh, you know, kind of clash like we, we we discussed before, like that might happen? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted your thoughts on it. Okay, so we're going to take it back a bit because we had Isabel last season, or Isabella. I can't remember if it was Isabella or Isabella last season with Isabel. the brain. She could not be turned into a zombie because of her Freilich syndrome. So she's completely in the clear. Mm-hmm. They tried turning her into a zombie and nothing happened because she was trying to cure herself so she could continue to live. Still ends up dying. 
So really they they're fine, honestly. <laughs> Unless for some reason Isabel was just a strange case of with the Freilich brain, or they just completely forgot that they did that last season and everything hits the fan in the next couple episodes, but you know, something kind of that important isn't something you tend to forget. Yeah, it's like it's like introducing like a new rule. It's like yeah, it's like you introduce a new rule basically. This late in the game would not go over well. Yeah, I think I think what it'll come down to is just straight up like uh, like Blaine just even like shooting her. You know, like yeah, I think that's more so what it would come down to. Um yeah, I'm, I think Donnie's going to get in the way and try to keep her alive because they, I mean, that or according just, to him, he's the girl of his dreams. Yeah. Um, as weird as that might be because she's in her early 20s and Donnie's in his, if she is in her later early 20s, I'm not sure how far into college she is. She could be 18 for all I know. Yeah, I think. Uh, real quick, and thank you for answering my question, by the way. I totally forgot about the whole Isabel being scratched, and it didn't work. I don't know how I forgot that. Um, it's a really good point. I uh, I think because, I mean, they make a big deal out of her not showing ID for the beer, so I feel like she's, True. Prob- she's probably not 21 yet, so she might be 20, but she's still definitely on the on the younger side of the college spectrum. And, and Donnie's on the later, if not early, 30 side of the spectrum. So, you know, I, I'm not being ageist or anything. I'm just saying it's a little strange to me. But you do you, boo. If it makes you happy, keep doing it. <laughs> Very true. Well, and, and, for, and for the record, Bryce... Uh... Bryce ha- uh, Hodgins, who plays Donnie, is 30 years old. So, it's like a 10-year difference. Yeah, I... Not the craziest difference, but okay, I'll take it. I think that it's going to be, like, a, a tragic loss for Donnie. Um, like, I feel like, we're f- again, we're finally getting to see him be independent, and, like, his life is kind of turning up in little amounts since he has detached himself from Blaine and kind of realize that he doesn't have to just be a minion. Um, you know, he, he obviously like has his stressful points, uh, with the club and everything and being the, the manager or owner or whatever you want to call it now. And, but like he's doing it, like he's, he's running his own business and, he found the girl that he thought he had no chance of finding and like, I think they're definitely building to just that. I think again, Blaine's going to step back in and his chips are going to kind of build back up to an extent. And I think, but I think what he will take, I think he'll take Donnie for granted. Like he always has. And I think that I could see it being the final straw. And I think that, uh, I'm, I feel like they could be really building to, uh, Donnie offing Blaine. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, and I'd be okay with it, because, like, our our heroes, our protagonists, like, they aren't killers, necessarily. Like, they aren't 
um, they aren't just like cold-blooded killers and I could see them having to wrestle with the decision a little bit more of actually like pulling a trigger um, you know and, and the other thing is like they're tied up with such bigger more important other things that like I think at the end of the day, no matter what Blaine does, like if he does kill this girl, that basically is it. Like he, he just has caused Donnie to cause his life to kind of stay on a certain level. And that's somebody's eventually going to push back. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think either, I think part of me thinks Donnie kills Blaine, but dies while doing it. Because, mm-hmm. like, while he's been somewhat redeemed, I still don't think you can really redeem him for everything he's done. I mean, he was he was he was a part of Meat Cute in the first yeah. first season. You know, like you can't killing kids and taking their brains. I'm sorry, as much as we like them, there's no going back from Could that. Could be a murder suicide type thing, or like a or not not that's like a little dark <laughs> to phrase it, but like. <laughs> But, like, we'll say for, like, I, I don't mean that this is actually going to happen, but you could say, like, theoretically, like, they're in, a, they're in, like, a zombie v. humans war zone, and, like, he, there's, like, a live grenade, and he, like, purposefully holds Blaine back with him to, like, take him out, knowing that he's going down, too. Like, it, I think it, it would be something like that. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um... I do like the fact, though, that Donnie gets to rename the scratching post Donnie Be Goods. Yeah, yeah. And I even think that something like that, saying the aftermath, right? Like, who knows what type of epilogue we're going to get with this show. But even I think you can still honor the character by, like, keeping that that name, you know, instead of the scratching post. Like, even if you just kept it as Donnie Be Goods. Like, that'd be... I think an appropriate way where like, I agree with what you're saying, Chris, like he definitely doesn't deserve, he's not fully redeemed and he never will be because he has done evil things. But, you know, I think he deserves his little place on this show as the most redeemable villain. Definitely. Definitely. Um, great. Uh, lastly, I want to check in with, um, Peyton and Ravi, who did some some fun sleuthing together in the um, episode nine in the Fresh Princess, uh, but I also want to talk about some of the the bigger news, which is Peyton's no longer mayor, and and also just like do we think again with Ravi? Ravi's kind of they already kind of got tangled in with Blaine a little bit. Um, in, in in episode nine, when they end up at uh, at Donnie's house because of uh, of Scotty being the one the, who who stole the uh, utopium vials. Yeah, with his but, droopy earlobes. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah. Um. So one one like I guess just your guys' reaction to and either one of you start feel free about Peyton being uh, mayor. Actually, uh, Sean, why don't you start with it about Peyton no longer being mayor? And then also, do we think Ravi with the Freylake brains, like, is he going to be so preoccupied now with this revelation about Liv's dad that he's not going to end up kind of battling with Blaine about it? What, what do you think? What are you predicting? With the whole Peyton no longer being mayor, kind of saw it coming when she sold the rights to the freaking Space Needle. Like, you don't just do that. 
and like not consult anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is it, the, the city council finally caught on. She said. I mean, it took about two weeks, but you know, not the worst. <laughs> but in terms of Ravi, um, it could go either way. It could honestly distract him. But at the same time, I think Ravi's more than capable of juggling two sort of conflicts at this point. Um, he's not the same the same guy we met back in season one. He's definitely evolved into someone who can kind of take a lot of crazy BS thrown his way now. Um, but on the other hand, the Liv's dad revelation is kind of big enough to be a big distraction from the Freilich brains and the fact that kids are literally going to be kidnapped and dragged into New Seattle and potentially murdered at the be at the beckoning of the highest bidder. Um, so. I mean, yeah, it, uh, as I said, it could go either way. I just hope Ravi does what's right, and by the end of the season, things turn out right, right you know? Yeah, it's, no, totally. I uh, I think, um, and Blaze, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think the Peyton thing is, I like that Peyton's no longer mayor. Because I think it does. Yeah, provide- best decision that they made for her character. Well, it makes her more part of the Scooby Gang kind of thing, and, and I also think it she actually got to sh- do something. Well, and it allows the show not to have an easy out anymore. Like, oh, the mayor said it, so <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I like that it again for the. Um, I like that it also doesn't allow for the easy, uh, like single episode conflict of like her and Major are like on opposing sides or kind of like have to figure it a compromise like i kind of like that now politically we're getting a no strings attached like major and not that he'll do not that i mean no strings attached and that he'll go off the rails or do anything rational because he doesn't have to worry about um or do anything irrational because he doesn't have to worry about like peyton being his friend but i just like that that's become sort of his storyline because i think it fits better um for the show and still feels like that is his thing to do. Whereas Peyton, it was always, it always to me just felt like, um, like filler here and there. Like they didn't know how to get her character more involved. And it was like, just kind of plugging her in as the show went on. Like I definitely thought it was cool for a little bit. Um, don't get me wrong, but because I think also just like her earning the, um, you know, as we've seen kind of throughout the the way this show has grown, like her earning the opportunity to be mayor, even though it was a temporary thing, um, like she deserved it. But for just like episode um, reasoning, I think it was a smart decision. I agree, because I, I do think um, that hers, the DA, was more enjoyable because it allowed her to interact more with like Liv and Clive. Yeah, uh, and, and kind of get almost involved in the cases of the week somewhat more. 
Um, I think it made sense, like you said, for her to be mayor more for this final season when we're dealing with these bigger stakes, these bigger problems. But it yeah, was a I nice little made, payoff, and it, it was. But it made her and Major, I feel like sometimes this season feel isolated. Yes. Like it made them feel like they're off on their own show a little bit. And then we'd have like the 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 family dinners where everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I had this meeting with so and so," and um, rather than. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm cool with the bigger stakes, obviously, but I feel like it's made the show like a little less, not less fun, but like it, it's kind of it's taken away one of those like kind of core ingredients of it, which was that a kind of playful dynamic with people yes. with solved cases and stuff. Um, uh, and and yeah, and I think one other thing I want to say is as I do, I will be interested to see how her last act of mayor, you know, funding High Zombie. Like, I, I'm curious to see if that's actually going to have an effect or not. Like, it seems like it's starting to. Like, they seemed receptive to it. It seems like other people have been, minus Blaine's uh, wonderful comment, peak TV my ass as he watched it, which was really funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think she'll, like you said, I, like, the mayor thing was good payoff, and I don't think it will be in vain is what I guess I'm predicting. Yeah, no, that's a good point as well. Um and I think it's just, like, again, I think even it was the right time, like, now is the time, just because a couple episodes left, like, just have your fun, like, show your characters at their fullest, basically, interacting. Like, it's great to actually have her and Robbie sharing scenes, like, sending them out together was so fun to watch, just because I feel like their interaction has really just been, like, oh, like... But you're you're back from Washington, like oh you're away, yeah. like, and you know it's again it's not bad. It it's never been bad. It's never been like it's always been logical, but it just stinks. Like for enjoying all of these characters and especially the romance between Ravi and Peyton, like it was nice to see them shine together on screen and actually show just like how much fun they have together and how smart they are together and everything uh so i feel like that's what we're seeing that's again also this sort of comes back to why i think blaine will get more directly involved again and slide into the martin role because it's like we're seeing i feel like the show has expanded and now we're seeing them consolidate it back to um being all about the main characters and the protagonists and antagonists. And um, I'm excited to see how it ties together. Yeah. No, me, me as well. Me as well. Um, and then I guess last things I want to just check in with you guys about the brains for each episode. And this can kind of tie into Ravi as well. Cause we got to see Ravi on oh, the car salesman. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Really? Sorry. Just um, the, also, yep. I forgot you brought up, Ravi and the Freilig brains. I think it's too important to him to get distracted about. Um, especially with Blaine coming into things. Like, I think Ravi will easily put that together. Um, but I think it's, I just think it's too important for him to get sidetracked with. Like, it means too much to him. Yeah, and I think it's too. As I think as, as Sean was kind of saying, like he's been he's been able to balance stuff. I think in the past, I also think it's just too good of an opportunity. You've had this uh, Ravi Blaine conflict throughout the past couple seasons. Like even Ravi and and the Fresh Princess episode, 
is like is like you know so disgusted that Peyton might have to promise him these things. And when he finds out that, you know, because she's not Mary anymore, everything that she promised Blaine is BS. He's, like, so happy. Um, so there's still that rivalry there. So I feel like it, it, it behooves the show to to continue to explore that, you know. And and with Blaine doing the selling, once Ravi catches wind of that, I feel like we're going to – I don't know. I think we'll see him – I always go back to that season two, end of season two, where he didn't, like, run in right away, you know, and – and 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 Blaine did to kind of save Peyton. I feel like you're gonna get that heroic Ravi, you know, him finding a yeah. way to try to maybe like maybe him leading an operation or something to try to save all these Fraley kids who are maybe stashed away somewhere. Um, could be interesting. But uh, another interesting thing I thought was him and live on car salesman brain and then live on the beauty pageant brain. Um, Sean, I'll start with you. Did you have a favorite of the two? Were there any standout moments and just any kind of standout comedy moments from any either of the episodes for, for you? But uh, especially the brains themselves, what did you think? Uh, these brains were great. Like, I mean, they technically did a little bit more contributing to the overall narrative of their respective episodes than some of the other brains we've seen. Um, <laughs> and... I got a kick out of uh, beauty pageant brain, especially when it first kicks in and Liv starts spouting those like generic beauty pageant answers. I <laughs> was dying because it's 100% not Liv to talk that way. Liv is more of a character who's more well thought out and has actual responses, not, you know, what's your favorite kind of date? Oh, April 21st. You know, like just some strange out of the blue answer that makes no, you know, no real answer to the question. Um, and Car Salesman Brain was just, it was nice seeing Liv and Ravi interact that way. And even if it was just a, a silly rivalry between the two, it got Ravi involved in the case more, which is something that I actually really did enjoy and brought something different to the case of the week that we had. So, um, I don't know. The uh, I think the standout moment for me for the car salesman brain was when they actually received the bike, they're like, I guess we're splitting it? <laughs> How do we split a bike? Yeah, I, I, I like that they both had excuses for not to take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. Yeah. Blaze, how about you? Yeah, I enjoyed them. I thought they were pretty funny brains. I definitely agree with Sean. I liked seeing another um, Ravi and Liv brain. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was just funny to see Ravi involved that way. Um, and the, yeah, like the 90s pageant brain or whatever it was, was, uh, I thought, very funny. I thought that it was just... It was just, like, goofy. I thought it was lighthearted enough with the references and the stylistic choices and everything. And even, like, even when Ravi says, uh, what, tubular, and Clive's like, uh, that was more like the 80s. Or, like... Gnarly. Gnarly? I mixed them yeah, up. Yeah, because yeah. I, had that, I had that quote written down. Yeah. It was gnarly. That's any, and then he goes, 
He goes, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that um, that was really fun because, it, again, it was those lighthearted ways to slip it in. But actually, you easily got the feeling of the brain. Yeah, and I also I also loved Liv's uh, U G L Y Gail ain't got no alibi. Mm-hmm. I thought that <laughs> that was that was really good. Um, I uh, and then my I always I always take notice of like the the comic book uh, the comic book like title cards when you come back from break. And my favorite, of course, which I I wonder how long they've had this one in their back pocket was a uh, hit me Babino one more time. That was the. <laughs> By far, in my opinion, the, the one of the best ones the show's ever produced. Oh, uh, yeah. The ones for these two episodes were probably some of the best. That one kind of taking the cake. Like, as an episode whole, they... Every time it came back from the commercial break, mind you, the CW app needs to really fix its rotation of, of ads that it plays. Because now I don't care that Subway has ciabatta. You know, after seeing that ad literally 16 times. Hmm. But that, the ad I keep seeing, it's not on the CW app, but just like even when I'm fast forwarding through commercials on the DVR, because I always press play right before the last commercial before it comes on, is the Nancy Drew ad. And I feel like like that music for Nancy Drew is now like stuck in my head. But, um, eh, could yeah. be worse. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious what the hell they'll do with that. But, uh, as we always say, that's another podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, that's another podcast idea to put on the whiteboard. Yeah, uh, there you go. Um, and I did like, I did like how you know they had the Spice Girls playing and, and stuff like that. That was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else that either you guys wanted to, to touch on before we kind of wrap things up here for for the episode? Um, oh, and, and live eating the brains on a Lunchable. That was <laughs> spectacular. Priceless. Yeah, and uh, and Priceless. also major, major saying uh, that Ravi, now that Ravi knows his, he has his heart, the bromance is dead, uh, was also another... Oh. <laughs> another, heart. another funny line. Um, but yeah, um... Blaze, Sean, either of you guys, anything else you wanted to touch on, big or small, that maybe we didn't cover? Not that I can think of. I feel like we did a pretty good job of uh, meshing this. There's not really anything else I can think of. I'm trying to... I'm scrobbling through my brain right now. Um, I mean, more Vampire Steve, but... (laughs) Yeah, he was Vampire Steve was there, which was good. Um, I did really like to going back, and this is we haven't t- touched on in a little bit was um, was uh, Evans Evans' last words to live, saying like I never told you before, but you really rock this look, um, which I thought was a really kind of sweet, true true brother sister moment, um, and kind of goes back to Blaze's point where I wonder how much Liv's mom was actually the one getting in the way of their relationship. I thought that was a yeah, uh, as like a, as a send off to his, yeah, it's, it's potentially a send off to his character and to just like that relationship that we got between them in season one. Um, it felt really, really genuine, and I really liked it. I, I liked that it wasn't a uh, like a gushy "I love you." It felt it felt really, uh, like I said, just really authentic. Um, oh, I got one more thing. 
Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, it's something that it just came to my attention because I I mentioned it to my girlfriend when we were watching the episodes. I find it funny that uh, Clive hasn't taken the photo of himself off of um, the desk. <laughs> like the desk is still the same way when Dale went on maternity leave. And I'm like, dude, just take the photo of yourself off of there. It looks weird. It's hilarious. Well, weird. It's a well, it's a great sight gag for watch, you know, attentive watchers. Like I noticed it too. But I also think, I mean, it's he even says, I forget which episode it is, but he goes like, someone says like, "Hey, lieutenant," and he goes, "Just acting lieutenant," you know, or it temper- was, Yeah, it was. I think the salesman episode. Yeah, I think it was, and I think he just, I think he wants to keep Dale's desk exactly as it is, just because, again, like, to him, this isn't, like, the full deal, but I, I know what you're saying. Practically speaking, yeah, do you think, I think a normal person probably would, but I, I love that he hasn't, and that it's in the background in some of the scenes, it's very funny. And I totally noticed it every time I go, come on, Clive, just, just, no. Why is it facing the camera? Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I guess the one last thing I'll say too is if I could think of a line that could sum up live more better, it's when Martin says to her, "You're a good person, live good people can't help themselves." Um I just thought that was a really honestly a really well-done way of summing up Liv's character and potentially what might be which is her best quality, but I think also what might potentially be uh, a tragic downfall for her later this season is she's trying to save everybody else but can't save herself but uh we shall we shall see we shall see we got four episodes left can't believe it um and uh yeah and uh we will be back next week we'll it should be a regular schedule programming from from now on guys um but yeah we'll be back next week to talk about uh, episode 10 um but before we wrap up this week's episode uh, i just want to give blaze and sean a chance to tell uh tell you where they can yeah, where they can find you you know what i'm trying to say plugs go ahead sean plug um twitter.com slash snarky sean or at snarky sean if you're in the mobile app uh there you'll find my links to my stuff um uh, i'm basically just taking on more of an editorial role over at the marvel report now uh, mostly because I just don't have time to write things. Um, and with um, Lauren Galloway stepping down from the site, there kind of needs to be more of a editorial presence than there is a writing presence, from me at least, personally. Um, and then I've got my two other podcasts, Delicious Flavor, a Psych Rewatch podcast. Literally, the title says it all. Um come watch my favorite show with me i guess and geekishly toku is back in full force as well um and that's right now it's just a power rangers comics podcast because that's all i have time to catch up on which if you're interested please read please for the love of god read the comics that's all all right hey a good call to arms for power rangers comics blaze how about you Find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, just chilling on there, basically. I have a pretty good like rant thread on about American Airlines that is, you know, <laughs> uh, it's like a fun read through. Um, 
Oh, and then uh, check out Locked In. You're locked in here with us, the Watchmen podcast, um, at Locked In Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, should have our first three episodes out in the next couple of weeks now that everybody is back from vacation and before my cousin gets married. So uh, check those out. Follow along. Uh, Russell Westbrook is uh, Houston Rocket now, so I'll probably tweet about that. Yeah. Did that just happen? Yeah. I was about to say, I was like, that did not happen before we went on this podcast. So, um, okay. Wow. Interesting. Breaking news. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys can find me, Chris King, at CKinger13 um, on Twitter. Uh, not doing too much writing right now. Uh, got a lot of personal stuff going on, a lot of family stuff going on, so I've just been busy with that. Um, I'm hoping to... I know I've kind of fallen off with that zombie reviews this season. I'm hoping to at least review the last, like, episode or two. I'll definitely have a review of the finale and maybe kind of do, like, a season uh, recap for it as well. Uh, it's just been – the summer has been just kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, uh, you can find all that and my rants about the Phillies and other things uh, at Seekinger13 on Twitter. And then if you want to follow this podcast, it's at iZombieRadio on Twitter – um, and then just subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. I mean, that's the easiest way to find us. We try, or we try a better to tr- podcast. What'd you say? Uh, or a better podcasting app. Yeah, true, true, <laughs> very true. There's literally a zillion. Yeah, po- Podomatic, uh, Podcast One, whatever. Um, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, uh, we always appreciate the listens, the downloads. You know, we're doing this for you guys and, and, and because we enjoy talking to each other so much. And uh, we're just happy that you enjoy listening. Um, so give us a listen. You know, feel free, tweet us, email us with uh, any listener feedback you want us to talk or uh, you want us to bring up, um, especially with these final few episodes. And, uh, and yeah, that will be that will be about it for right now. Um, so, yeah, until next time, guys, this is Chris King with Blaze and Sean signing off for iZombie Radio. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.